Hey guys, this is Greg. Welcome to the Wild Weird. I am here with my guest, Million Dollar Cowboy. Hey man, like I'm so excited for this. So about what we were just touching on about how this project is becoming more than like it's becoming a representation of a part of your personality. And um, so when you were when you're creating this album. And you're coming up with like what? Okay, well, how am I going to do this? Like the how? Like how am I going to present? Uh, how am I going to present my music in the best possible way that I can in the way that I want to present it? And if you don't mind me asking, sir, you just moved from here. Just moved to the Mountain West. Where are you originally from? I'm originally so I am half Greek, half Turkish. I grew up in Istanbul, Turkey. Most of my life i lived there until my early 20s then um i moved to london for work and i was still i always played i always played with bands not synth pop or the cosmic pop that i'm trying to do right now but um with blues clubs or funk clubs that i always played with bands and um just you know life brought me to the states around 10 years ago I lived in Boston for school. Uh, it was a very intense experience. Uh, and um, after that, the, um, the school I went to has really high expectations to, um, to make money and build businesses and, and all the good things. So um, we started a business with my business partner, who was my classmate, and moved to Chicago. And I kept playing. Chicago was... A great uh, addition to my musical experience, where I played in uh, blues clubs and and played mostly funk and dance and bluesy danceable tunes with different bands, contributed to different artists. Then um, life brought me to um, to Park City area, Utah, Wyoming border. Beautiful area, and, man. Yeah, having lived all my life in big cities and um and the, the, the chaos and, and all the um the crowd i was for the first time alone i was really alone and with 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 nature and i never seen this this level of beauty in nature before so um i built my studio and started recording the more songs i recorded i realized it's nothing like what i played previously um this is becoming something new and i'm not hearing this this genre anywhere else it's more like a um euro pop synth pop merged with western feelings yeah cowboy feelings so that's when i realized it's just um it's not me anymore it's something new it's something different and you, um so do you feel yeah. like you're you've become like a vessel for the music in a way i i i truly thought that and and that's that i hope i'm right but that's exactly how i feel right now it feels like you're very like uh how do you say it very insightful and very uh introspective it seems like 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 me uh, i grew up in the city i'm was born in i was born in tulare california which is like a dairy farm town in uh -huh. central california lived there for three years then uh when i was three years old moved to portland oregon and grew up in the city of portland oregon my entire life and you know being in the northwest there's kind of a balance of like all these different environments right like you like 
Portland, Oregon's right on the border between uh, Oregon and Washington. And so you could go to the city. You can travel an hour and a half uh, west and go to the coast. Uh, then you can go uh, another 45 minutes, an hour to Mount Hood, which is like our snowy mountainous area. Like we have like all these environments. So like it's been a blessing to be able to like if I want if I want some peace, I can go to the coast, go to the mountains. And it, yeah. it does do something to you. You know, it allow it quiets your mind. It provides this peace that kind of lets you either let go of all the busyness and these things that preoccupy your mind and overstimulate to kind of bring yourself back to a very, how do you say, instinctive, natural level. And I can imagine because I've I've only I've only been to Wyoming once. I've never been to Utah, and it is the most beautiful place ever. And I can imagine like I know some artists that go there to just wind down before they write some albums, and it's it does something to you. So it's like like to to hear you be like you know moving from the city going to Wyoming and the the Mountain West, and something just kind of gets pulled out of you. Like and to have that isolation because you know, like it's rare when, when people nowadays isolate themselves, they tend to panic or they think like it creates some anxiety. And and to hear somebody be like, it provided me this piece that like blew up my creativity and allowed me to make something beautiful and something that I'm really proud of is like really inspiring. Um, so with this album that's coming up that you're about to release in a few days. Um, uh, coming from uh, Istanbul, Turkey, and uh, living in that region of the world, were you exposed to, like, uh, kind of like your favorite musics then? Or was this something that, like, you were exposed when you moved to the United States? Like, when did your musical journey and interest start? That's a great question, Greg. Um, it, it, it's been a wild journey. So I... Um... Uh, my parents, I don't have any siblings. I'm the only child. And um, my dad was a um, submariner. Uh, and uh, he was trained by the U.S. Navy. Okay. It's a very unique combination. And um, he brought in all sorts of Western music to our household from very early ages. So I was, um, I grew up with very traditional names like Beatles, and uh, my dad is a huge fan of Led Zeppelin and all the rock and rolls of Deep Purple. And um, I grew up listening to those um, heavy stuff. And um, it, it impacted me a lot. And um, I started playing piano when I was five. And I hated my um, piano teacher because she was pushing classical music. But I, I wasn't inclined to learn it. It was almost copying some music that somebody else has written hundreds of years ago and if you make a mistake it doesn't sound good and um then i started playing jazz blues and and rock and roll stuff on the piano my parents didn't like it and um and it's just like it it evolved from there and um and i joined the band very early on it's a very funny story i joined the band it was uh, that was a very popular local band in istanbul and I was the only underage uh, band member in that band to play in a music venue that was um, for 18 plus, you know, an alcohol wow. uh, age limit in Europe is 18. How was that experience? Uh, 
And um, I was 16 and I was going into these shows from the back door and I would arrive home to my parents' home around 6, 7 a.m. in the morning. They were very, very unhappy with the whole situation. <laughs> but yeah. I gained so much experience with that. Uh, we would play from 10 to, to 3 in the morning in these wow. clubs. And um, now that, that gave me a lot of exposure and um, it changed my view. Uh, after a while, I realized it's just these things are done in a bigger scale and much better in in in, in Europe, in Western Europe. So um, after college, I moved to London, and I kept that journey going. And um, yeah, I um, the only new exposure in genre wise happened uh, to country music when I ended up in the states. So that's very new to me. And when I moved to uh, Mountain West, I auditioned for a local band. They were doing very good. Um, they don't play anymore, but um, they had already released five albums and they were doing an audition for a keyboardist. So I joined and I, all I'm hearing is twangy, great Telecaster riffs and, and, and country lyrics. Then I added some synth on top of it. And I realized this, is, this might go somewhere very interesting. Oh, so, yeah. of course, the country music, country band didn't like what I did. And I switched to um, more traditional country licks like honky-tonk pianos and Hammond organs and things like that. We did great shows with them. But that gave me the first spark that this might be something interesting. Oh, man, that's awesome. So, like, this, like, you're having a lot of these personal experiences that are, like, and a lot of people... It feels like when they have these experiences, aren't aren't really thinking much of it. But like with your exposure to like going to those clubs and seeing these like grown men, grown women playing their music, and yeah. kind of having this really large impact on you, and like becoming very cultured early on in your life, like that's just yeah. like, it, like just so you know, it's so rep, it's so like prevalent in your music, like like with somebody who doesn't have this bet, like this um kind of. Uh, library of music that's out yet like you it's a it's very impressive to kind of already see like what your influences are and what you're inspired by but also it being very original like i just heard this quote recently i believe from the bass guitarist and lead singer of rush where he's like <laughs> originality meets when like all your influences are kind of represented but then your voice is in the like the first thing in the forefront and that's when you know you've become like an original artist. It's like when you, when your influences are there, but your originality is the first thing that people notice. And you've already done that. Like I'm like it's like to see like when I first I it was that clip for um kind of like the promo where it shows like people in like a I don't know if it's a club a basement but people are dancing. And initially I thought that the per the DJ in that video is is that person in the video you oh yeah yeah it's a uh it's a club in uh mexico city man. oh and, that's um, cool yeah but um yeah i of course until that when that happened i wasn't uh i didn't release anything yet but i was playing a demo but still uh, i want to share that it's just um uh, it's 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 mid-tempo compared to many dance music or dj music that you would find outside mm -hmm. uh but it's still danceable and very groovy i oh, just wanted groovy, to um, show that yeah but uh, you're, you're absolutely right about the uh, originality is 
there's nothing original. It's all about how you blend things, how you mix in your mind and how you um, mix it, mastered in your internally, then um, put an output into the world. And uh, it's, it's always going to carry um, things that you learned or you were excited about and the melodies that you will always steal a melody from something you heard 15 years ago and you really liked it and you'll use that small bit in somewhere. Um, but it's all about how you um, put things together and compose things. You're it's, absolutely right. It's it's a beautiful thing because it's like it's like you could take a song, like a, a popular song, like that millions of people have heard, and each individual is going to absorb that song in a different way or attach it to a feeling or an experience. And it's it's crazy what they can come from that. Like it's like a, a person can listen to that song and be like. Oh, this is how it made me feel, and use that yeah. as like a form of like that motivation, energy, or kind of like okay, this is inspiring me to make my own music, and it's going to be influenced by that. But it's also just gonna it's going to be from you and whatever emotion feeling that you're going to attach to it, and that's why I, I I just the last couple of interviews I've done I've interviewed a couple uh, hip hop producers, and they're really into sampling, like extracting beats from old songs kind of mixing everything together and uh the one common theme i got from them is that they felt kind of insecure and thought that like it's not that like oh you know i'm sampling something i'm i i I don't like it doesn't feel like as authentic as making it from scratch and i'm like well that's not necessarily true i get what you're trying to say but it's also like that's a song those are songs that influenced you and you created something new out of that even though this the 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 sample that you might have took might have been very small and minuscule and you can hear it in the song but it drove you to make something that was different and yeah. and it's it's your interest in that and bringing that to your music and so i don't think anything necessarily wrong with that because everybody no matter any artist whether or not you're a, like a you're a a painter a sketch artist or a producer or musician that you're going to take these influences and do your best to represent yourself and express yourself through it. And, you know, and then sometimes you come up with what you've done is like creating your own world, you know, like uh, I'm a huge fan of gorillas. Have you heard of them? Oh, of course. Yeah. I love Damon Albarn. So like, dude, like I, I, I came into, I was born in 1991. So like I was uh, 12 or 13 years old. I'm trying to think when Cleo. Just the right time to grow Just up. the right time, dude. When I'm like, I'm starting to branch out from, cause like, it's kind of funny. Like how, like you were introduced to country music that I was introduced by, uh, I'm not sure if you, have you heard of the artist Glenn Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. And, Glenn, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So Glenn Campbell is my uncle. Right. <laughs> so like well, <laughs> being, my grandfather, like I was introduced to a lot of this country music growing up based, you know, environment I was born in. But my grandfather drove uh, drove like the the trucks carrying all their musical equipment and production equipment like for him. And did that like, that was my grandfather's career was just, you know, truck driving everything around. And so I was raised on Johnny Cash. Glenn Campbell, Randy Travis, a mix of like all these country, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, a yeah. mix of all these co- country outlaw artists, and you know, and then with Dolly Parton, all the all yeah. that genre and time period, and so that's what I was exposed to. 
and that's all my family played. My and plus my mom was like a big hair metal person. She really liked Def Leppard and Cinderella <laughs> and all that, you know, like the, all that of time course, period. Yeah. And so like coming to the Northwest, being raised in Portland, you know, huge punk rock scene, um, very cultured. There's a variety of cultures here. You can get yeah, huge British influence there too. Um, oh yeah. Music, oh my god. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize how much of the British influence was here until I started going out into like the local music scene and listening to the band. Yeah. Really grunge, heavy British punk, cl the clash, yeah. um, sex pistols, like ton, like heavy, heavy influence. And that really got me. I be basically became a hip hop head when I was like 11 years old. You know, I was like, I had a Walkman walking around listening to like <laughs> a tribe called quest. De La soul. My, and my family didn't understand it. You know, they were like, for what? It was like, I didn't realize how isolated they might have been. Because the, the first thing, the first kind of pushback I got was like, oh, you're, because uh, my, my father's from Portugal. He grew up on the Azores oh. Islands for 18 years, moved to the United States. Oh, beautiful. Kid. Yeah. And like, you know, That's my awesome. very old school man, like hardworking. He's been working since he was uh, probably like seven years old, like just that kind of guy where it's like you when you become a certain age you either go to school or you start working immediately right so i being the youngest of three in my family i have an older brother and older sister who are about seven eight years older than me like when i started showing interest in these things my the first thing my parents say is like oh you're white you don't listen to this music like you shouldn't be doing this like why why do you like this i was immediately like the black sheep of my family right and but like what that did was start to isolate me, right? To where like, oh, you know, people in my family aren't really showing like interest or promoting the things yeah. that I like and encouraging it. That kind of made me go like uh made me go inward. And that made me kind of like go on my musical journey. You know, I yeah. I wanted to sing so bad when I was like eight years old. I really loved singing that I went to a church and just asked to join the choir. Right, I wasn't even involved with this church, and it was a Baptist church of all things, and I wasn't Baptist. <laughs> and so I and, go uh, this, you joined, and I joined. They let me join. Like they just like first when they were kind of like, "Oh, this boy just so." They're like, "Okay, we're going to get you into the Bible studies and go through this," and it was super convenient because they would just pick me up every Sunday and Wednesday. That's uh, incredible. And go to like the the children's group because they had it separated by like what grade you were in. So I was around kids my own age, and then. Afterwards, I would go to choir practice and sing with the like 70, 60 year old people and read the Bible with them and then sing. And I loved it. And that got me involved with like school choir and all that once I got into like um, middle school and high school. And so, but the thing is, even through that process, my parents weren't really involved in it. Like I, I would invite them to come to like my choir, uh, my choir performances or my musical performances. And they would have no interest. They'd be like, oh, I can, we're busy. But they really weren't. They weren't doing anything. But they, there was always like, we don't want to go. We don't want to encourage this. And and that took me down this path of like just loving to research music. I would sit on my computer just going on the internet, looking at blog sites from an early age, just like trying to find new music. I had this fascination with musical discovery. Nothing made me more excited than discovering new music that nobody's heard of that I know and kind of like 
listening to what like what's the next thing like what are the genres that like are coming up next and people are experimenting with and you come across some cool things and you like and this is a time period where obviously i couldn't like even there was no there was like aol instant messenger so yeah (laughs) that's the only way i could reach out to people and i couldn't i didn't do that that i deep i you know i shared a computer with my brother and sister and my grandmother lived with me and but I would once I got my own computer, that was like a godsend. Like I just reaching out, conversating with people, and I would just email them like in fan groups and just be like, "Hey, what like what inspired you?" I had so many questions, and a huge yeah. motivation why I wanted to do this podcast because I was like, I have this like un this like unsettling urge to communicate with artists and just try to get in their mind, not to not to do anything behind besides have a genuine conversation about like music because that's like the one thing that i like i'm i'm a music i'm an early stage musician where right now i'm learning how to play the keyboard the guitar and and i'm fucking loving it like it's it's such a like a great experience and to listen to other artists who have like mastered this or gotten good enough to experiment with it or to create like wonderful music with their and art with their music and is like truly inspiring and it is it is unbelievable and i i i love your story and um it's just um it reminds me of my we we grew up in in, in similar eras of when the musician musicians and the, the music industry was transforming into something that is today but it's incredible to hear those things it's just it's all about uh proving something Mm-hmm. And also a never-ending search. So when those two things combine, um, they just um, that that creates the great music audience or listener or musician. It doesn't matter if you play something or not. Uh, if you're searching for that unique sound, you always follow that, and you try to also impress people around you who said no to you. Most of these journeys usually start with a no or a negative response from family members or friends or um, your social circles that they don't want to go out of their cookie cutter line of music genres. And you want to explore more and prove them that they're wrong. Exactly. And that takes around 50, 60 years of journey. Then you well, just, it, like, you, until just, you die, it just yeah. creates this like infinite energy source, man. Like it, it's like, uh, and, uh, you know, and it creates a line of thinking. Like it really opens your mind, you know, it kind of shows you the world like music has at least done for me. Show me the world for what it really is like, like when you can listen to something like put on a pair of headphones, turn on an album, listen to it from beginning to end and feel like you're transported to a different world. Like they created an entire different like world and experience with their music and we're able to do that. Like that's amazing. Creating the story. And and to be able to like, you know, create like a form of escapism, you know, that was kind of it for me. Where I was like, I'm gonna throw on this music, and it's gonna take me somewhere else. And I, for when I was younger, I thought this was like, oh, this is I'm just a kid with an imagination. This is probably just what it's gonna be, and it never stopped. Like music has this wonderful power to be able to do that, you know, and and it is a gift for people who can like bring that in and create 
their world and to what like i feel like i'm personally experiencing the beginning of your world creation and i'm here for it man i am so excited no i am too and i really appreciate it. this is this is a great story it, it made me think how hard it was back in the day to come up with new music but we yet we still did the work mm-hmm. and uh, there were no platforms no spotify's no youtube's no um no um social media um it was all word of mouth and maybe mtv and a couple of other you know music television channels and that was it yeah and um we had to come up with something that's not mainstream and we 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 wanted to follow them because they were different they were making us feel that we weren't in our current world that we're living in so um i don't know how we did it but um going back to that aol um messenger times and just like that was the only means for communicating with people it's just it's unbelievable oh dude definitely and so with your like growing up and the music that you were listening to you know being exposed to the country music and the western music uh so with the uk i didn't i never thought about this till now but like i know american music is popular in the uk but is there not like a huge is there like a want for country music in london in the uk um country probably is big now but uh, back in the day um people were just like stealing techniques from country players mm-hmm. and they were adapting it to their music um you know country guitarists they play beautiful twangy telecasters with a fender amp and um they sound different than a traditional blues or jazz guitarist or rock and roll guitarist they managed to sound different and um they a british artist um took that twang and they already love telecaster they use telecaster for rock and roll heavy mm-hmm. music to um blues. pop blues so um they're not big strat stratocaster guys and when you go to london and to a, to a club you will always see a telecaster playing guitarist and it was much easier for them to adapt that but country wasn't that big in um i think early to um to early 2000s 2010s but it's still um american music is of course big everywhere but it's mostly pop you'll see mm-hmm. pop and rap and rmb um being imported from the us to uk yeah that makes sense cuz I, I, I just like anything if you're ex, you know growing up in the uk and you're exposed to your local music along with like what's popular probably a lot of punk rock big mainstream music artists that uh music artists that travel and perform internationally but that's yeah. that, that just shows you it's like you could be in a different region of the world be inspired by a instrument or genre of music from the other side of the world and then intertwine it with your own experience and your own music and you know we do that the united states have done that we've gone to, we've people have gone to the uk took an experience from uk artists and tried to make it into something you know like the one the one thing that really it like really really caught my eye and caught my attention with you with your music and your image imagery it's like well, the first thing i thought of was like space cowboy right like space cowboy because like what you're when i heard that song that you were uh promoting on your instagram yeah. like in a way it kind of made me think of daft punk not to, i'm not <laughs> not to compare you or anything but like it, it create like I it made me dance, right? When you when, <laughs> when you listen to something like I I just talked about this on my last show, but one thing I I, I do a music test. I have two young children. I have a five year old and a two year old. Oh. And 
I'll, I'll I'll leave my door open in my studio, and I'll turn like I'll turn. I have a, um like a big speaker set up, and I'll play music that of artists that I I just discovered or am going to interview. And if my kids walk in and start dancing, like it draws them into my studio. That's the best thing I heard uh, for a very long while. <laughs> it's like it's that's how I'm like because like kids are like a the. The, the pure example of like untarnished energy, you know, it's like my kids, they're yeah. just going to feel, they're just feeling like they're vibing to everything. If they like it, they like it. There's no prejudgment, you know, like, yeah. what is this or this? They're just, Oh, I like this. It's making me move. It's it's controlling my body. And yeah, you so, can't force them to do anything that, that makes me happy. Then I, um, I, I, I can count myself successful. Then this, by this pure example, this is great. I I'm really happy. Well, I got to took it from Snoop Dogg. I'm not sure if you ever heard what Snoop Dogg does to like uh, when he's gonna feature on a song or when he's making music. So when Snoop Dogg is producing a song or being a part of a song, he'll 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 listen to the music. Then he has an entourage of women that come with him, like that are either strippers, exotic dancers, and or just like women that would probably be dancing in a club somewhere where his music would be played, and. If the women do not dance to his music, like if they play the song and the women aren't like naturally dancing to it, and there's not like if like he can't like he he has to be able to picture them dancing to his music. If they don't dance to it, he won't be a part of it or he'll drop the project immediately. So like his best representation is like, oh, if they're not dancing, then it's not something I want to be a part of. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So how do I take this idea? And see how like an experiment with it. I just used my kids <laughs> instead. My kids aren't exotic <laughs> dancers, but I was like, I'm going to use my kids as this example. Like, and see, like my kids, I knew immediately they were going to like that they're going to like have a, such a like intricate taste in music because like everything I play, my kids will just come in and ask it, "Hey, Dad, what is that?" And well, he's my oldest son, but but he'll he'll be like, "Dad, what is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's you know this artist I've been talking to, or this is this person." Like they're from this area, and like I'm having this open dialogue with my son about like when he has questions about music, I, I'll do my best to kind of explain it to him, and and it's gotten to the point now where like it's created this like bonding experience to where I could be sitting in my studio listening to music or do like working on my show. And my son will be going, he's five years old. He'll be going through my records and be like, ask me questions about it. And I'll put him on the, the, the record player. He'll put in the headphones and he'll sit there and lay on the ground and listen to music. And I'll sit there and think of like, man, I would have loved to have this when I was his age. You know, cause like <laughs> I had to go to Walmart, buy CDs. Um, yeah. Like, I was going to say, I'm, 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 I'm jealous of your kids now. Um, they're building <laughs> that tie very early on. Um, influence is very important, but also feeling that the uh, artist that you're listening to, there's a tie there, and you mm -hmm. know the backstory. It makes it permanent in your in your mind, in your heart, uh, and um, you you build a tie between you and your you, the, the music you're listening to. And doing that in early on in your life, you're probably saving a lot of time to your kids. Yeah. I'm trying my best, man. I just really want to encourage them to like, you know, with like kind of like what our like our similar upbringings, you know, like we had to do this stuff ourselves and kind of face like yeah. like pushback from it, you know, and our love for it was like, OK, you know, we could have easily done the whole let's make our parents happy thing and do whatever they want us to do. But we didn't. Yeah. 
you know, and in a way it's kind of selfish, but it's also a very bold thing to do. I'd feel like, and I'm not talking about my personal experience, but like for artists to be able to push back against the system, push back against their parents to like, to, to come to the realization that their art and their self-expression is the most important thing is like the ultimate truth. And if I can do anything to establish to my children, like, Hey, do like listen to what you want to do, do what you want to do, as long as you're not hurt, like hurting yourself or other people. Like, be free, you know. Like, I encourage it, and like, hopefully, it instills a sense of curiosity in them that motivates them to go searching for something, you know, that constant search to be able to, like, hey, you know, I like this. Maybe when we're at a record store or like when they're older and they're looking up stuff, they'll 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 go out more and they'll have this constant curiosity. And just experiment with life, just experiment with music, experiment with their art and do things that way, you know, and I, that's, that's all I'm trying to do. It's weird being a parent. Like, I don't, do you have any children? No, not yet. And, um, I would love to see it's a stressful experience and I'm not the type of guy that tells people (laughs) to go out there and have kids and start a family and do like that. Right. Like, it's like. For me, it happened pretty early, like not early on, but like I was like 25 when I had my first kid, right? And it was completely um, kind of like I, it wasn't a pre-planned thing. Like I met, uh-huh. I met, I met my wife in the most random circumstance, and then you know time develops and we we get married and we have kids and that whole process starts. And yeah, being 32 and having a five-year-old, like I've got it's 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 a stressful experience but kind of a beautiful one to where it's like, cause you're constantly comparing your upbringing and bringing things in and it, but kind of makes you check yourself a little bit. Like, it, yeah, like, I bet. I, I, especially when you grow up in my upbringing, you know, very like, I felt like I was raised in a different time period. Cause it was like, my dad was raised in a different time period, you know, like yeah. my dad grew up without television, worked on a farm and, played soccer like my dad's thing was like he loved soccer portugal is very big on yeah. soccer like yo know Chris, cristiano ronaldo is yeah of course everybody but, knows i grew up with soccer too see, uh, it's, my it's dad big was, in europe yeah my dad grew up on the same island with him like but my dad's obviously older uh-huh. so like my, my dad it's a very small there's like nine islands uh off the coast of portugal called the azores and my dad was from the same one that ronaldo and his family were from so, but you know, growing up, you hear stories about like my dad's like, yeah, you know, my my dad's family were the dairy production farmers for the island, so they would farm all the milk and the cows and like kind of deliver milk to the villages on the island. And one of those people were uh, Ronaldo's father, and hearing those stories of just like conversating, it's like you know, my dad's like, you see this little boy running around, and you don't think much of it, and then. 18 years later, he's one of the biggest soccer players in the world. He's like, he's like anything can happen. And I give it up to my dad. Cause the one thing my dad always encouraged besides like, cause my dad couldn't understand a lot of things I did because they were completely new to him. But I do appreciate the fact that my dad really did. Like if, if I wanted to do something and I told him like, Hey dad, I have an idea for something. He was, he would always be like, we'll stop talking about it and just go do it. You know, he's like, if you're going to, if you want to make this happen, you have to put in the work. So like, that's I think huge in uh, raising kids. It's, um, if you want to, it's, it's also, it takes courage too, from the, from the parents side, 
um, it's always easier to raise kids in line with what you believe, in, in line with your values, in line with what you want them to be. And um, it, you're going to have to um, influence them a lot. But it's, it's, a, it's a more liberating and I think rewarding experience to let your kids be their own personality and um, generate that sideshow and allowing them to do so. If they, if you're a musician and they're not interested in musician, they're being a musician and they want to just, you know, draw pictures, enabling them to do so will create that very happy and healthy family relationship, I believe in the, in the next 20, 30 years into their adulthood. Oh, definitely, um, man. Yeah. And then you have those My parents outside... were the same. You know, just I want a guitar. I want to play music. And I want this one. They never got anything I wanted at the time that I wanted it. But with a with a short delay, uh, they always enabled me. They always allowed me to um, do the things that they never imagined. They never thought that I would. they would have a kid who would be banging a tube amp guitar amp in their living room at the age of eight nine just blasting rock and roll tunes they never thought about that they never planned for it but it happened oh yeah and it's it's interesting too because it's like you know being a parent when your kid is born you have all these like predestined ideas of like they're gonna go to you know i just i want them to grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer and you have all these expectations that you like you don't because you just want the best for your children for them to have a safe consistent life and it can get kind of flooded with these ideas of like this is what you should do and this is your purpose and then when you yeah. deviate from that kind of illusion they created in their mind from when you were a baby like it, it creates a lot of stress you know because like yeah. And we'll every parent will experience that because we were raised in a different time period. And what they, you know, 10, 10, 15 years from now, what people are liking then could be dramatically different than what I'm used to. You know, like like I'm gonna have to explain to him one day that, hey man, you know, I know you're I know you use the AI for everything, but there was a period of time when there was no internet. I grew up in the <laughs> age of the no internet. I lived yeah. in both worlds, you know. Well. Like I, I've told him, like, because like right now he's really big into YouTube, and yeah. I have to balance that. Like, hey, don't spend all your time on YouTube. You know, kind of like allow him to like to watch what he wants for a little bit, but then hey, let's go do something else. And and like, so, so there's a lot of pushback because like YouTube is highly addictive, and kids just want to like consume constantly, and it can be stressful to like kind of like balance that with him. Like, hey, you know. You can't do this all the time. And there's like, I want to watch cartoons. And I'm like, oh, you can't watch cartoons from morning to night, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then there are those moments where I'm like, you know, he gets a little hot, like he gets upset, but then he distracts himself with something else. He'll come in my, he'll come in my studio, play with my guitar or start drawing something, get out his coloring books and um, start coloring and drawing things. So it's like, naturally, it's like when you distract people from like, like the stimulation and the entertainment, they always go into creativity in some form or other. There's always a constant push for creativity. And when you, okay. So back to like you, you making this album, when, when was that initial kind of 
urge and kind of like this is the type of album I want to make. Like this is what this is what I'm trying to get across. Like when did that hit you? You're like this is what I want to do with this music. It hit me. Um, so I like I told you I before moving to Mountain West I lived in Boston first and and Chicago, and um, I um, I realized I never had time to think clearly about music. Mm-hmm. I always follow the pattern. Uh, I always played with with or formed similar bands, um, psychedelic seventies, rock and roll, blues, um, more like deep purplish uh, mm-hmm. kind of bands, and I always followed that without thinking. And like I said, when I moved here, I didn't have any friends. I had my business partner, and um, and our employees. Um, didn't know anyone, no family. Um, so I ended up with a lot of time in my hands. At first, it was, of course, there was a struggle. It's never easy to change your pace from a big city life to Mountain West, being with nature and having a lot of time, slower pace lifestyle. It was a struggle for a couple of months. But after that, I sat down and I started writing music. I always tried to do it before, too, in different places. And in the first year, I ended up with 20-something songs. And I I looked back and looked at my notes. And my I worked on Logic Pro for, um, for my software recording platform. And holy cow, I did I really write, complete it? Uh, compose, write the lyrics, uh, complete the parts of 20-something songs in, in one year. This never happened to me before. Yeah, I was like a machine. I was writing two songs a month. Every two weeks, I was wrapping up a song and moving on to the next one. New melody, new idea would come. And um, that just that realization that I can... This is, I'm probably at the peak of my productivity and I should do something with it was the uh, initial urge. Wow. That's really like to have that kind of mentality and that kind of like realization of like, hey man, this stuff is flowing out right now. I got to take advantage of this. Yeah. Like not a lot of people do that. Like, like, do you feel that like the environment change? Like what, because obviously that drive was always there to make music. But did you feel like just that letting go and be able to have that peace was what kind of helped kind of like get that flow state going? I think that's um, that's a huge part of it. And um, if I um, share more about my past, um, I I always um, worked or participated in really high pressure environments before. Mm-hmm. And um, never had that chance to let things go or accept. Uh, acceptance is not a part of, was not a part of my life before. I went to a school in Boston that starts with H and it was not a, um, you know, it wasn't just like flowers and uh, unicorns and beautiful environment. It was just cutthroat. Yeah. And uh, before that, I worked in, um, I worked in investment banking, high finance, and it was just stressful and 16, 17 hour days uh, in the office and very high pressure, constant travels. You don't know 
where you're going to end up that day going to the office. You might just have a fl- flight in the afternoon to some other country and do a meeting and without staying, you come back, no sleep, take a shower and go back to work. That um, that is just, it. I didn't know there was a life like this. So it was, um, it was almost like I was reborn here. Um, that, that affected me a lot. And um, of course there were, obstacles it wasn't like a smooth ride i wrote my songs and i initially started working with a local producer for um you know mixing and mastering and other engineering stuff and he wanted me to write more commercially acceptable cookie cutter sampled copy paste quicker to produce very efficient um disco pop songs mm-hmm. mostly repetitive it doesn't have the elements that I put, you know, you said Daft Punk and I would, I would be honored to be compared to Daft Punk. It's, it was, I'm, it's a huge influence and um, their later work is, is unbelievable. And they got bigger with that in the last, I think last 10 years, yeah. 15 years. With like random um, access memories. That album was yes. great. That album just, just made it. Uh, otherwise they were French um origin um disco house uh djs and they started producing real real music and just i i know change of scenery for them also worked um this is very i i thought it was happening to me of course like human nature when something new happens to you and your life changes you think that this is only happening to you that's the human brain it's wired that way. Then you do your research, you take a deep breath, sleep on it. Then you realize it's it's happened to many people. Oh yeah. And um, we, if you look in the, in the history lines, uh, Rolling Stones, their original uh, early work is Brit Rock, and then they make their way for a tour in the U.S. and they literally tour small pubs bars in the u.s and um they it's very old school um rock and roll band style they're on the way they're on the road all the time and they start writing their songs in the u.s and those songs are the signature rolling stones bluesy british rock and roll songs Mm -hmm. so it's it it always changes you in a way um and we need to it's it life never changes you in a positive or negative way it just changes you it's in your hands to like make it positive or negative. Exactly. And um, yeah. And whatever you produce, it doesn't have to be music, but it has to be, if you're a creative person, um, it's in your hands to make it a, you know, put a positive spin to it. Exactly. Take advantage of the moment. I mean, yeah. like you said, the, like the natural human experience is to constantly move and grow. Like the, you, I feel like everybody needs a change of environment. Like if you don't, if you don't, if you live in, you know, there are people that choose to live in like uh, their hometown their entire life and nothing's wrong with that. Yeah. But to grow as a human being and to like get this, like to have stuff to write about and to create from, you got, you need life experience. You know, it's like if, if you're doing stand up comedy, like their entire job is to find stuff to do to talk about, you know, like yeah. observe the world and be a part of it. And like to become a cultured person, to have perspective 
And to understand humanity on a, a deeper, more broad level, you really do need to expose yourself to different environments and allow yourself to be uncomfortable. You know, like, especially in America, this is huge culture on trying to be as comfortable as possible. And there's entire industries designed to cater to that or to create an illusion of comfort. And, yeah. and, like what you did would leave your environment, go to a place that's completely unfamiliar to you and allow yourself to feel however you're feeling and to process that and to look back into those feelings and be like, what does this mean? What can I draw from this? What can I create from this comfort, this uncomfortability? Because like going to a different environment is uncomfortable, but go into an environment like the, the mountain West, like you, you one minute you're in Boston, the next minute you're, in the mountains around trees and nature and animals and sounds smells like is a completely different environment. And your body is like, I don't know what to do with this. And then once you sit on it and just be in it, it's like you, you, you get over, you get overwhelmed with this sense of like, Oh, this is exactly what I needed. And now let's get to work. And yeah, like, dude, you have such a hard work ethic. And I mean, I'm, I'm thinking this is primarily European because I've noticed some Europeans like have a huge, very large respect for work ethic and it's prevalent in their work. And, and you know, you know I think it's probably because we're raised by old school dudes who just, that's all they did was work. So they kind of, yeah. <laughs> they hit us into this thing where it's like, you know, you got to work if you want what you want and you want to accomplish what you want to accomplish. It's not going to come easy. You know, you got to put some blood, sweat, and tears into this rejection, compromise, like, and try not to compromise. You know, like we all have to compromise a little bit, but like to go in with something with like this is what I'm going to do, get some pushback, and then, and then, um, uh, and then, you know, just keep going with the dream to keep pushing through. But like the job's not done yet. I'm going to push this as far as I can take it and then adjust along the way, you know, like on your next album, it can completely be a different vibe with some similar influences just because you feel like it and nothing's wrong with that. And it's all part of the creative experience. And yeah. like, dude, I'm so excited for this. And like, so this is like, I'm not asking for like any specific information, but like how many songs or like how, 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 what are you expecting to get from this album release? Like, this is a project you've been working on for a while, obviously, and it's very personal to you. Like, what are you hoping, like, you accomplish from this? Yeah, so um, I uh, I have a strategy to um, release the first five songs as a single. So on uh, March 31st, this Friday, the first single, Reverse Cowboy, will be released in all platforms. Beautiful then, title, um, by the way. Beautiful title. Uh, thanks. And it's just, it's, um, I don't like talking about the, why I wrote the songs and what it means. Uh, but uh, there's a, the, most people think there's a sexual reference, but it's not. It's, it's a, it's a guy who ended up being a cowboy doing everything in reverse, every, doing everything in opposite of what other people expected and ending up in Utah, Wyoming area. So it's my story. It's there's nothing sexual, but oh, I, no, I I thought I it was funny. That, I didn't think yeah. that at all, but I, I thought I kind of got that message because I was like, okay, he wants to be anonymous. He's creating this world in the like, like a character. 
I was like, and obviously it was something different. So like the first thing I think of is like, oh, if he's he's going about this in a different way, he's going to be doing this stuff in reverse of what people expect. So I I, I caught on to that theme. I did. I, I mean, I'm sure some people might take it as a sexual reference, but I think like once the first impression I got was not that. I just thought you're doing something that is not what people are expecting you to do or what would be considered the mainstream norm. Yeah, that was my goal, and I'm I'm glad you um you caught the feeling and you 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 got it. I'm I'm really happy about it. So yeah, it's gonna be um uh very um I I decided to call it cosmic pop. It's just when you're in. I think you invented you said, a new genre, dude. I genuinely think <laughs> I genuinely think you did. Like calling something cosmic pop, like for what? I don't know what it means. Like first thing I think of is like you know funk. When I think of cosmic yeah. pop, I just first thing that popped in my head was space funk, like yeah. like like animated characters dancing like in space on a planet, like aliens getting down in a like I in a, in a Star Wars dance club somewhere <laughs> or just like something just completely out of this world, and. I think you invented it, dude. I think you just invented something that a lot of people like. I'm excited to see what the next couple months have in store for you because I think this thing's about to explode. And I think your people are about to cling on to this new invention that is cosmic pop. And I am here for it, man. I am so excited. I hope so, Greg. I really appreciate it. And um, it's um, yeah, it's cosmic pop. It's it's not talking about space, but the um, the places that are on planet earth but you feel like you are in the uh, empty space you are out of this world and um that's what i try to um accomplish and hopefully it becomes a uh, it becomes a real genuine genre and um yeah i have um 26 songs that i will be um releasing in the next 18 months that's the goal wow it might be um yeah it's just it's been for years, I was originally expected to release last year, but we had some technical issues and with the team and uh, you know how it is. And we wanted to do it um, with the um, engineers and, and other crew that works on um, other end of the um, you know packaging of the music side. Um, so we uh, had some issues there, but... Um, I'm glad we're doing it now and it's probably the right time. So 26 songs, it might go up to 50 songs. It depends on how people um, react to it, if they like it. Um, I don't have any commercial concerns or goals with that. I just want people who like this kind of music to listen to this. And um, and if they don't like it, they shouldn't listen. And that's going to be, a, you know, still I'll be motivated to uh, produce and keep writing for people who like this kind of genre. Oh, dude. And, and trust me, I will spread the gospel. I will spread <laughs> the word of million dollar cowboy. Like I've already, I've already talked to friends and like showed them like your, like Instagram and the snippets of music that you posted and they're excited for it as well. Like this is <laughs> like, I, I, I haven't been this excited. Like I get excited about like, you know, new releases, new music coming out. And like this, I, I'm always excited to hear, great music that i like but this is something i'm particularly excited for and not to put any pressure on you and i, I but like it, it it is something that i 
like this is going to be this is going to be very interesting and i'm excited to see the welcoming of million dollar cowboy into the ears of the populace you know like this is it's going to be an experience and i i i'm honored that you took the time to sit down and conversate with me like i know that you're a busy man and you got a lot of other things you'd rather be doing i'm sure and for you to no, take i to i i'm so happy you you you're having me here today and it's just it's it's an honor for me you're you're a great guy and you you have genuine interest to um to analyze and music analyze the process and the mindset of artists and the um and also share it with other people that's a very unique approach so you don't see that every day thank you sir i appreciate that and i'm glad i'm glad like people can like read that because that's uh, i'm just trying to be you know as pretentious it might sound i'm really i'm genuinely trying to be as genuine as i can be and be like this is all um out of like my love for music and the respect for the artists and the work they put into everything and to 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 be vulnerable to express themselves through music and also the vulnerability of conversation to sit down with somebody and to dive into like their past and talk about their life and the things that influenced them, the pains they went through, the joys they experienced and the life that they've lived so far. Like it, it, it is like a part of music. I feel like people are going away from, you know, that connection with the artist and like with like, you know, the, the way music has been so commercial commercialized and designed to be kind of like factory push out material to where it's like, let's try to be as efficient and get this out as possible, throw it in advertisements, TikTok videos, and just turning music into something that like background noise or like background life theme music. And there is a spot for music and like for that, like music that's a small it's it's not the main part but it is a small percentage that music is a part of that but like a part of me is like trying to do my best to kind of keep alive the honesty vulnerability and the the connection that people had with music when you bought an album or a CD and you opened it up and you read the title cover and the track list and the notes that the artist took um talking about their experience writing the album and developing a personal connection with the fan, you know, that they, you don't necessarily really get anymore. And if I can be a, a steward or a vessel to kind of get out there and to, to be like, to help artists to, or to help people kind of reconnect with music a little bit yeah. more, just like it's deeper than what you're giving or what you've been taught that it is. And if you're willing to put in the effort and time, to go searching for it. There is an endless supply of good music out there that you can identify with play and like basically use it as your therapy. Music is a therapy. You can music is a therapy. There is, there's nothing beyond that. That's that, exactly that, right. That's what it is, man. Like if you're feeling down, there's a song out there that you can listen to that it's going to switch your mood and like get you out of it, put you in a better mood songs that allow you to process your emotions and, Music, music is a powerful thing, and it's definitely got me hooked, and and it's provided me so much joy and happiness and uh, curiosity that, and to be to be even to even be in a position where 
I could sit down and have a conversation with the artists I enjoy and promote it to other people and be like, Hey, you know, if you guys like this, it's here, here you go. Like, and for them to take the time to sit down and listen to the conversation is truly, truly fucking beautiful. And I, I'm extremely grateful. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful for everything, man. I, I, I try to be life is too short and I, I, I try my best to just be in the moment as much as I can and to do the things I like. And it's a two way street, man. You know, this conversation is great because you're a part of it. It's not me. It's, it's a unified effort, you know, and we both want the same thing in different ways. I, exactly. I want, I want, yeah. I want to get your music out there. So you keep making it. So I have more music to listen to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope I can uh, make your kids dance more. Oh, they definitely will. I'm already sure. I'm, a, dude, I'm, a, I'm excited for this. I'm going to play your whole album when it comes out <laughs> and see what they think. But Hey man, before we wrap this up, I do a thing. We're asked somebody's opinion on a very specific group. Cause here in the Pacific Northwest, there is a band that people are fascinated with. But they don't really, they are open to talk about it, right? So let's say, what is your opinion on the band, the 1975? Are you aware of them? 1975 is, let me. They are the Matty Healy-led British indie pop slash rock band. I'm not, I didn't, yeah, I'm, I hate to disappoint you. But, no, you're not disappointed. You're actually surprised. You're actually making me happy that you haven't heard of them. That actually is the best thing ever, honestly. I will. Uh, I'll listen to them. Check them out. Okay. Check out. Go if you have a chance. Go back. What do you like, like the, about them? So, me personally, I respect them. Not a huge fan, but the reason why I started this whole like line of questioning in this like in this segment of the show is because here in Portland. Most of the bands here are like grungy punk rock, like like uh-huh. very um, driven by that specific genre of music. But a lot of them are fans of the 1975, but they're ashamed to talk about it, right? Because the 1975 have become this like mega internationally known British uh, pop group. They did initially start off that. They were very independent, very uh, popular in the independent world and exploded into this huge thing. But for some reason, people have the shame to tell other people that they like the 1975 because they think that like nothing but teenage <laughs> girls listen to them now. And and so like artists I've interviewed, I, I, I have a uh, friend specifically who's in a local band named uh, Jonah who's in this band called Palomino Joyride. And he is the dot, like this guy you would not expect. Long hair, punk rock, shoegazy kind of like vibe entrenched in that world but he loves the 1975 but he's always on edge about it and doesn't want to talk about it because for me i talk about all the music i like no matter if you think it's dorky um like or not fitting but there is this kind of like people are afraid to talk about him because they think that might affect their image or how people view them right so when i ask people their opinion of the 1975 i get a variety of opinions right and the most common one is like, you know, I know of them. I'm not too familiar with their music. I respect it, but not really my thing. That's kind of like where I stand with them, where it's like, I like a couple of their songs, but I'm not like a diehard fan. But also, I'm not disrespectful of them because obviously they're like a, they're a, a like internationally known band who's toured a lot and they, they, they're good songwriters. And yeah, 
So like, it's it's nice to hear somebody be like, I'm not too familiar with their stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really glad because that means that you're. I will listen to listening. them. It's it's it seems like it's British uh, synth pop, and uh, yep. they 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 make quite a few hits. And um, I would say. Because like the, if I, I'm trying to think of the title, They're, they recently released an album maybe two or three months ago, and it's probably way it's it's dramatically different than their previous projects. You can tell they were experimenting with sounds and like there there's a mixture of songwriting and production in that album. And I would listen to their first album that has like chocolate, um, and go from there if you have the time. Take a take a listen to it and get back to me. And let me know what you think. I'll, yeah, I'll write you and um. I'm I'm excited. And sir, is there anything before we get going? Anything you'd like to plug, promote? Obviously, with the the album, is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, I'm firstly I'm really happy and honored that you you took the time to host me um today. Um, and well, um, it's gonna be a long journey, so I'm not putting all my eggs in one release. And and just I'll be happy or disappointed by the results of it. It's gonna be a journey, and I feel like we'll be in touch in the coming months and hopefully years. Um, oh, definitely. Reverse Cowboy, like I said, Reverse Cowboy will be uh, released this Friday, March thirty first. It will be in all platforms, and there'll be a um, fun little uh, YouTube video, music oh, video clip great. for it. And um, so I will uh, try to um, I'll try to promote all these things. I even though I'm not a great uh, social media user, I'm trying my best to um, uh, let people know what I'm up to. Uh, I'm very active on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Million Dollar Cowboy Music. Um, and follow guys, follow and follow us, and then. Um, find the music on Spotify or whatever platform they listen to their music. Um, I'll be really happy and I'll keep producing for them. Awesome, man. Hell yeah. And like, that's the thing. I, I, I give it up to artists because this is, we live in an era where like you have to, you have to find this balance between promoting and creating. It's so hard. Like, you know, like back in the day used to have like, yeah, you know, once you get to a certain level, I guess like mainstream artists have, you know, employees that take care of all their shit. But like, I give it up to artists. Mad respect for all the artists out there because we live in an era where you have to do everything from the ground up, promotion, uh, production, yeah. visuals. It's a it's a full it's a full time job, man. It's a full time. It job. is. It is. There and, is monetary aspect to it that you you have to spend a lot of time and money to uh, get some acceptable product out there. Yep. And there's promotion aspect of it. It's stressful and you need to put a lot of time into it. And there's a lot of emotions involved there. If you believe that you failed, probably you didn't fail. You just it probably means that you're still early in the game. And um, if you feel that way, most musicians give up. And it's also a very hard journey to stick to your guns and stick to the line that you believe that that's your journey uh it's so easy to get sidetracked with social media uh like you said it's are you going to write music or will you create video content for people to uh, be your followers but there's so many 
musicians unfortunately getting sidetracked on the social media yep. side of things where uh, all of a sudden they talk about relationships and they turn into a um i know making funny content and they're comedians on social social yeah. media they Nobody become, ed- they become entertainers now yeah yeah and um there's nothing wrong with that anyone can do anything they want but um if you want if you start this journey for your music and you truly believe that your music should be heard it's it's a really you have to be disciplined and it's a it's a hard long journey oh definitely and i i'm a firm believer that authenticity is inevitable so of course promotion is kind of required to a certain extent but also if you're putting out good stuff it will be found eventually you know no matter how long it takes like genuine talent and good, like good art and is inevitable i i like like your approach to making your music and just having music as your primary focus no distraction not even like like creating a world where music is the forefront that's what you're here to do you're here to make the music for people to enjoy and to get groovy to and to get down to and all of the good times like nothing is better than that that is the focus music art is the focus promotion is attached to it as a secondary like primary tool to get it out there but to keep that mentality that music is the most important thing that is the sign of a true authentic artist who is destined and gonna be creating amazing things in the future and i truly believe that's what you're gonna do sir and i'm here for it and i'm super excited for what is in store for you and i hope that um that you keep onward with this journey keep doing what you're doing and keep this mindset going till the end of time. Hopefully, Greg, that's 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 great to hear, and I really appreciate you. Thank you, sir. And guys, remember to go to follow the Wild Weird on all social medias. Check us out on YouTube. Sh- uh, like, share, and comment. You know, share this thing with a friend. This is how this thing grows. Um, if you guys have any suggestions of music that you've been listening to that you'd like me to hear promote or just like just to put out there because you like the songs, you know, that's the thing. It's like music is the thing that helps bring people together and to kind of show a piece of yourself to the world that might be a little bit too vulnerable for you to just say. So you try to explain it through a song or to express it in a different way. So if you guys have anything you'd like me to share, um, or talk about, send it to the wild weirdness at gmail.com. Uh, gratefully appreciated. Um, check us out, share it with a friend. Uh, million dollar cowboy, it has been an honor, such a wonderful conversation. You're such a pleasant, lovely fellow. And I look Likewise. forward to this album and I look forward to talking to you in the future. I hope we can talk again soon after after the world explodes for you. We will definitely be in touch, Greg. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. And I uh, have a wonderful day, okay? Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.